Again and Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. I've got a very quick JK Rowling update, and I promise this is the last time I think I will give any oxygen. She basically did all this hate nonsense about trans people because she's releasing a book about a cis man who attacks women by dressing up as a woman. Yeah. So this whole thing was just promo for her book. And I guess all those people that are defending her, do they feel stupid because they're basically just being... They're just pawns in her promo game. But then are we pawns in her promo game by even talking about it? I don't know. J.K. Rowling's written this this horrible transphobic book under a pseudonym, and that pseudonym is a man's name. Yeah, so it's almost like she won't respect the rights of trans women to be themselves, but she will she will adopt a male personality for the purpose of selling books. Yeah. And there is a dichotomy there, and I'm not quite sure what it is. Right. Like, are you trying? are you a trans man, J.K.? Like, what's happening? I'm done giving her oxygen. Is that a promise? And also, we're only a few months away from Fairy Tale of New York, so I'll be able to refocus my. <laughs> oh, no, please. On fixing that problem. When it gets to that, can we not just replay an episode? The thing is, there'll be a new, there'll be a new reason to talk about it. Will when there? The time comes. Yeah, there will. There will. Okay. Inevitably, there will. So All right, I look forward uh, to that. Or more accurately, I look forward to January. <laughs> Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. Hello, welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay, and thank you for supporting us at gayandongay.com slash donate, which is our Patreon page. We've had a load of messages uh, after last week's episode about mental health. Yeah, so I didn't really realise that by opening up about being on antidepressants, that would have such an effect on people. But I had a message from Nikki saying that they feel ashamed to talk about having antidepressants for fear of being judged and seeing people in the public eye like me and our podcast talking about it and being honest has really helped. So a huge thanks to Nikki for that message and a huge thank you to you for donating and supporting our podcast because if you are listening or donating to us, you are also helping other people. So thank you so much. Go to gaynongay.com slash donate. A gay and a non-gay. I saw this trending the other day. Um, hashtag, I first knew I was LGBTQ. I saw your tweet and you said that you knew you were gay when you were 12. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was thinking, James, I've never actually asked you, when did you know you were gay? So when did you know you were gay? <laughs> it's really awkward, though, that question, isn't it? Because, I mean, how far back do you go? When did you realise you were straight? Did you have a moment you realised that? No. You must have done. Why must I have done? Because at some point you must have realised I like girls. So that is the moment I imagine you would realise that you were non-gay, except society doesn't look at it like that you're just classed as normal but what's the moment you realized you fancied a girl um that's kind of the same as when did you first realize you were gay isn't it uh yeah i suppose it's not all based on attraction of course but if you were saying when did you realize you were different then i guess i would go back further and i'd know when i was different but if you're asking like when did i realize i was attracted to men then i want to know when you realized you were attracted to girls well, I had a thing for Annalise on Neighbours. I didn't even know who that is. And just, what did that look like? How did that like represent itself? How old were you? Five or something. And yeah, I just thought, oh, she's fit. You never thought that. You wouldn't have even had that word in your head, surely. Well, I don't know. I don't really know. Because you're saying, oh, I must have done. But really, like, when did I realise I liked cheese? Or when did I realise, I don't know, it, it, I didn't have like a, a eureka moment or anything. 
that's what's so annoying about this question as a gay person. And it actually came up on social because I think people were hating on inclusive education in UK schools and saying that that could turn people gay, etc. So as a comeback to that, Stonewall asked people to share their memories of realizing they were gay as to kind of say, look, it doesn't matter what we teach children. They're already what they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. When you're five or whatever, you don't have the words to describe someone as fit, do you? No, but like, oh, she's nice. And that's your like earliest memory of realizing that you were into girls? Yeah, I suppose so. And what? <laughs> I love that I'm now questioning you. Like, which girls did you fancy, like, from popular culture other than Neighbours? Well, it wasn't just Neighbours. I mean, there was um, there was Shortland Street. There was this girl in Shortland Street. I can't remember her name. I wish I did. And then, obviously, you got Home and Away. Uh, Sally from Home and Away. Big hitter, obviously. Ida Fisher, actually. I remember she was in Home and Away. Oh, my God. Was she in Home and Away? I love her. Yeah. I didn't know that. I remember really liking this boy at school and I can't remember his name but I remember thinking he was really cool and my only memory is of assembly and just thinking that guy's really cool and I, and I sort of wished I was a bit like him and I don't know what that means or was but I I look at that memory now as an adult and I think that same kind of thought process connects to me thinking they were hot does that make sense yeah because now if I looked at a guy and thought they were cool, I would interpret that as thinking I fancied them. But at that age, of course, you don't really fancy anyone, I don't think. So I just thought that this guy was really cool. And I must have been like five, six, seven. And I had loads of close friendships with boys throughout school. And yeah, as I got to like secondary school, I definitely wasn't the same as all the other boys. So I felt different and isolated. And I kind of ended up in this Christian Bible class at lunchtime so I could avoid having to play sport and stuff and and I found a lot of like like-minded people within that and there was other gays in school that had either come out and had a hard time or were in the closet but that I was friends with and, and a lot of lines started blurring and stuff and there was this one guy who emailed me completely out of the blue saying I'm your friend Justin's ex and that was the first I knew that Justin was even gay so I was like okay and he said like we should meet up I want to tell you everything about Justin and in a way it's actually really horrible that this this guy outed my friend to me it's kind yeah. of news of the world territory isn't it <laughs> it's like what the son would do but yeah he basically emailed me and said oh Jay, uh, Justin's gay and I, th- I think at the time I thought he fancied me but I don't even know how he would have known me because he went to a different school so anyway, we both met then to like chat about it and that's probably the first moment I really realized oh, I really fancy a guy. And I know we've discussed other stuff on the podcast before that has happened, like in and out of that timeline. But that's, I think, the moment I realized I was gay. And then what happened? I was 15 when I got the email. And what happened then? So yeah, we met and I met him and his friends and he met me and my friends. So we were safe and we chatted. And I guess it was just nice to sort of chat and be myself with someone. And then I ended up kissing him like maybe on the third or fourth day i don't really remember thanks at that point i realized i am attracted to men and i am gay but it isn't something you it isn't something i was like comfortable accepting so i just kind of ignored it and anytime guys around me were talking about girls i would just ignore it so you wouldn't be like oh yeah Annalise from Neighbours is, is fit. Or the girl from Shortland Street, whose name I still can't remember, or uh, Sally from Home and Away. I think I probably would have been like, oh yeah, Lara Croft. But that, I mean, that's it. Yeah. And when did you first spaff? 
the first time I ever did that would have been watching Graham Norton. Because <laughs> it was like the only gay person that I could relate to oh, really? or like see on television. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do this then. How, how depressing. What, spaffing one out to him or to... <laughs> yeah. Because when he was, he was doing that being... weird, that what what at the time was like really weird sort of internet chat stuff. Right. With other gay blokes. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That's that... exactly it. You spaffing went out to that or to him? <laughs> no, to just the general idea that I guess someone could be gay. Anyway, please never tell him that. That would be awful. Could you imagine having to admit that to him? Why do I know Graham Norton or something? No, but like imagine if we got him as a guest or something. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> has hanging out with a gay person like and being immersed in lgbtq plus culture more than you would have been normally had, had any influence on you in like feeling more free to not exist in society's plan no because i don't think i do i don't think i do I, the, the the problem with this is genuinely think i just do what i want to what i want to do or what i think is best for me most of the time now I'm sure people listening to to this will argue and say, well, no, you do this and you do that. And that's society that makes you get up at this time of the day and you live in a flat. Therefore, you are part of the system and, you know, you you eat meat. So therefore, you're part of this system. And, but I, I really don't think that I was ever part of the norm core world anyway, if that makes sense. So... I don't think I think about things. I just think I do them. I just do whatever I want to do for the most part. Now, obviously, that has some restrictions. And for example, I did really want to get a mohawk the other day, but I decided against it. And the reason I decided against it is, unfortunately, that would affect people's opinion of you. I'm putting myself in this box by doing it and it will, it will shut me off from X, Y, Z. And I hate and I hate that that's the truth. And I should fight against that. But I've got 10 irons in this fire and I can't be bothered to put this fire out by having this hairstyle. I hate that that's the reality. Yeah. So I, I mean, guess I am. It's so hard for me because I don't really want you to have a mohawk either, but then at the same Why? time, I want you to be you. Why don't you want... I just what? don't like them. It make me feel a bit weird. Well, what's that? Well, that's your problem, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. So at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you do you. And also, if you were queer, I'd, I'd like celebrate your mohawk, wouldn't I? Whereas I guess I'm a straight guy, I just think it... I have judgment about it and I don't know why. That's and what judgment like, is that? I don't know. And pro it's probably just because like of what I find visually pleasing. Not that I fancy you. We're not back there, but I would fancy you less if you had a mohawk. Right. <laughs> or like if my boyfriend had a mohawk. But then I don't know why the world revolves around that. Like it shouldn't matter. I shouldn't need to find you visually pleasing to, to like sit down with you and work with you. If I went like full punk, basically, you, you'd be like embarrassed is the tea. I don't think I'd be embarrassed. No, I wouldn't. I actually think it fits your brand. I'd probably just think it was, we'd look even more contrasting next to each other. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then maybe, maybe the podcast would be a gay and a punk. Because then right. you'd be... You'd be you'd but be I, don't, I, I don't, that's the thing. I don't identify as a punk. So that world in which I sort of live in is, is full of people who... who have like hairstyles like that and tattoos and piercings i don't have any of that i'm constantly asked about what if i have tattoos like all the all the time all the time all the time because in that world everybody does and i don't because i just i i mean put them on yourself if you want them but i don't want them on me same with piercings but that sort of excludes me a bit from that world that i live in if that makes sense i i've always been really angry about gendered clothing and i've always wished i could wear like 
more female floaty things you know like i'd love to go to a dinner in a floaty top but then people would say oh that's really feminine and actually now we're moving to a a place where a gay man could do that and wouldn't be judged they'd be celebrated for that but when i was younger i definitely wouldn't be able to just wear whatever i wanted i couldn't just turn up in a crop top or wear a floaty dress or whatever because people would be like oh are you you a girl like what are you doing that's not for you i get continuously annoyed in shoe shops when i look at shoes i like because they're always the girl shoes and they never have my size because that's what a girl would like and sorry you have to be in the boy section where all the trainers are really boring i find that the most stressful uncomfortable thing i face i suppose when i'm like shopping and and that that is kind of a reminder of being a man not that i'm questioning my sexual uh, my gender identity or anything but it frustrates me that that's even a question like why can't i just wear what i want to wear why does everyone have to pigeonhole me well yeah exactly why do we all have to pigeonhole each other it's really frustrating here's the other thing right so i i have i've had to shave my beard off for a couple of reasons but one of one of them is it was it was affecting my like day-to-day life because people were people were looking at me like i was a tramp and right that was affecting my like day-to-day life. What does that look like? Sorry. Well, when I go into Tesco, I'm getting watched because people think I'm going to steal something. That, like, that kind of thing. Here's the other thing. Why, the whole time I had it, people would just voluntarily come up to me and give me their opinion on what I should be doing with it. What's that about? That would look really good if you put beard oil on it. Or that would look really good if you just tied it up a bit. All of this stuff is basically saying, that looks shit. It would look good if you did that. And I, I cannot, on, honestly, I don't understand what the difference between that is and going up to someone and going, do you know what would look really good if you had a uh, plastic surgery? Why is it that beards are an invitation for people to just come up and tell you what they think? Dan, it's the same with body hair, isn't it? It's the same with girls having yeah, yeah, yeah. armpits that aren't shaved or, or legs that aren't shaved. And they, they should be allowed to do that without judgment. And they're not. And I know so many girls that have grown it and then actually shaved it off again because they're just so stressed by the hassle of having to fight that fight. To be honest, I did also shave it off because it was getting ridiculous. Like it was just leaving hair everywhere and just creating like an admin nightmare. So you're okay then? You're okay, hun? Yeah, I'm fine. Great. Cool. Okay. Well, that was this week's episode. Thank you for listening. Um, we'll be back next week with a very special episode live from Manchester Pride. Yes. Well, not really live. Well, it was live at the time. Gainongay.com slash donate for our Patreon page. Bye. Uh, thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay. Visit gaynongay.com slash donate.